You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! How many times have you seen Josh Dumel get decapitated? And welcome to Podcast BXN, episode 168. We are one away from 169. I am one of your hosts, the perennial dating app swiper from Portland, Oregon, Christian Macias. And I'm joined today over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan and PXN founder, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM. Too many times. Oh, you're answering the question. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot for me as well. Yeah. We're also joined today by the president of the Tifa Lockhart fan club. Stand up, everyone. He is the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire at Roro. Hello. Happy Game Awards Eve, everybody. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's all wish Gage a happy Wednesday. Gage, if you're listening to this, happy Wednesday. We love you. Happy Wednesday, Gage. Happy Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN or also on twitch.tv slash podcast PXN. Uh, housekeeping for you, we are live reacting to the Game Awards tomorrow starting at 7.30 Eastern slash 4.30 Western. I think it's pegged as a three-hour-long show, even though Jeff said it's significantly shorter. The time frame on the website says three hours, so plan accordingly, folks. Uh, by the way, if you missed our Game Awards predictions, you can catch those on our YouTube at youtube.com slash at podcastbxn. The topic of the show this week is our Callisto Protocol review slash what makes good survival horror. Uh, and I got some questions for, for Ro to be able to engage in this as well. Ooh, However, but first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. That was my transition sound alert. Nice, I like that one. That sounded like a Mario one. It was, yeah. I forgot the warp pipe sound. I forgot what those sound like. Something yes. like that. Yeah, something like that. Dan, why don't you give us a Mario sound effect? What do you got? Wah! That hey, was pretty not good. Bad. That's pretty good. Pretty good toad. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good toad. Yeah. Give me a kiss. Anyway, uh, quick bites. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga has been announced for Xbox Game Pass and is available right now. Are you freaking kidding me? What a great get for Game Pass. Fantastic. Yeah, on, on what, Best Family Game. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. Glenn's crying right now. He loves this. He loves it. Did Glenn buy it? I think he did, but on the Switch, I believe. So got it. He'll probably play it again knowing him. My friend just got it recently as well, and he's for PS5, however, and he's like, hey, let's come over. We can, you know, what is an innuendo for? Oh, like, you know, have a gummy. Have a, you know, you know what I mean? Lego and chill. Lego and chill. No, 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 no. That's different. That is different. That is a sex <laughs> thing. That is not what me and my friend are going to be doing. Uh, anyway, you get the idea. Drugs. Uh, Street Fighter VI is getting a second closed beta. And folks, if you played the first one, you're automatically granted access to the second. Um, I think you might have missed the window now at this point if you haven't signed up. So but if you're interested, there you go. There you go. You can catch some coverage of the closed beta. See how people like it. Moving on, Battlefield 2042 gets season four and five details. First of all, it's important to note that classes are coming in 3.2. 
which is going to be early next year. So finally, classic Battlefield, how you know it with classes, is returning to Battlefield 2042. And then in Season 4, you're going to get a new specialist, a new battle pass, new hardware, more maps, and more. They didn't go into specifics, but well, I'm sure as we get closer, they'll, they'll give us more details. And they also said that Season 5 will get a mix of the same major updates as Season 4, but with no new specialist. There you have it. Are you guys still hopping in every now and again to Battlefield? Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> it's but, but I might. But I might. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the last time I played was probably with you, Christian and Gage. And, and Gage, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I am excited, though, because, you know, finally this game a year later is starting to, you know, turn the, the, the bend, go around the corner and start to get better. So uh, this and Halo, hopefully let's, let's get that better. Yeah. And I watch a lot of Jack Frag's videos, too, and he swears, like, the game is getting better. And I think 3.2 is going to be a significant update, and Season 4 is going to be like, yeah, here's proper, let's start fresh year out and see how it goes. And so, uh, I, I know that I have my SSD installed in my PS5. I got a new SSD. Um, okay. I'll be able to re-download this game and not have to delete it to make space. So, yeah, I'll be happy to hop back in. And I heard the, the player number went up because of uh, Game Pass, so more people are playing so even more incentives yeah. uh, hopefully for them to keep the updates coming sure absolutely speaking of updates fortnite chapter four got a huge update i'm sorry fortnite got a huge update and it was chapter four let's go over some details for for the new chapter of fortnite it, it's the first game that is using unreal engine 5.1 it utilizes features like nanite and lumen and let me tell you screenshots alone look uh pretty freaking great i'm not gonna lie to you like this game looks very pretty it also introduced dirt bikes and augmented reality power-ups as well as characters doom slayer geralt of rivia izuku midoriya and maybe some other crew from mha we'll see uh mr beast and hulk mr beast <laughs> insane what an insane what a what a lineup mr beast and fucking deku <laughs> Oh my god, insane. The the cast just keeps the cast. I can't believe I'm just calling it that. The cast of characters in Fortnite. It just keeps getting bigger. And yeah, mm. what Christian said about Lumen is it's true. It's like it looks beautiful. It looks I wouldn't say it looks like a different game. It still looks very much like Fortnite, but the the you could tell there's a difference and it's it's yes. an impressive one for sure. The light going through the like autumnal trees looks really nice. It, yeah, definitely impressive. It's insane that like the contrast to go from Epic that used to advertise Unreal Engine by showcasing Gears of War to go to now Fortnite <laughs> is the showcase for Unreal yeah. Engine. It's so crazy, like how different they are, but it's really good. Yeah. And it's got a grasp on like the comp like the shooter space. Like numbers dipped from Warzone and Call of Duty because people are checking out Fortnite and they're just having fun, which is kind of insane to think about. Props to them. For you Dragon Age fans, there is a new Dragon Age cinematic for Dreadwolf, and it recaps the story of Solas from Dragon Age Inquisition. Solas will be the main villain of Dreadwolf, so if you missed it, catch that ASAP. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and speaking of trailers, we also got a new look at The Last of Us for HBO. Uh, Gage and I talked about this on Large Popcorn, but I want to hear thoughts from Dan and Rowe. You guys watched the trailer? I know you have. I know you have. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Hop off. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go for it, Dan. Uh, yeah, sure. this this looks awesome. I am so excited, and I think I I did hear your thoughts uh, in a little like tweet, uh, like a little clip oh, from video. The, from, mm-hmm. Yeah, of you engaged talking about it, and I I feel like they're gonna give us more than the game. I think that's what Gage said as well. There's like enough room or enough in this trailer that's making me believe that they're they're straying a little bit from the the source material. A little bit, but not so much as like it's 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 weird. But they're able to dive into characters that we didn't get to talk to before, like like Frank, um, ca- just new characters in general. It seems like Ellie's mom might like there might be a flashback to like Ellie and even earlier years in Riley time. Um, and I th- I thought I saw like Tess at the end like crawling like like a runner, like just seeing like extended scenes like that we didn't get to see play out in the original game but in the show they might get a little bit more time to 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 stay on those moments so that's exciting so it's exciting as a fan that I know how this story goes that I can still possibly be surprised by some some things from this show but uh yeah super exciting. yeah and before Dan goes I, I do want to confirm uh Craig Mazin uh, writer co-writer of the show I don't actually I don't know if he solely wrote it maybe co-wrote it anyway he's directing co-writing um I think this was coming coming out of CCXP. Uh, there are two quotes on on what Rose said exactly. "Quote: The main focus of the show is not to emulate the game." Unquote. And there's another one: "Past game adaptations, referring to just in general adaptations of games, had trouble because they try to copy the game, but we don't. We're inspired by the story and the characters that Neil created, and we take them further. We do more. We show more. We give people a much more full experience to watch as opposed to play." So yeah, you're yeah you're nailing the no the head on that one so yeah gonna be a lot more to explore here which is very exciting yeah christian when you shared that in our uh, twitter chat i was like i was very excited because that was my one of my major like you know concerns was that i don't want it to be like very much the game like i, I want it to be its own thing so like that was very exciting for me to hear that and this trailer is phenomenal like the and well in terms of the like tone the environment the they capture the tone of this series perfectly. Like I'm just very excited to see this fully realized and, uh, and yeah, it looks real good. Real good. I love the flashback stuff too with Riley. Like you were saying, Ro, it's cool that they're implementing that as well, obviously from the left behind DLC. So very cool. Pedro Pascal being the one that says your cargo. Yeah. What a change. It's going to hurt, man. (laughs) Oh man, I'm not ready. I'm Speaking not ready. of things there was... that hurt. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go no, ahead. go ahead. I was just, I was just gonna talk about uh, it was it was a line I think Henry says in in the games like you may not be oh. your father, which was someone's, and that just hit for some yeah. reason. And I was like, oh man. And I think there was another somebody who worked on the the show said. Yes, I know like, what you're gonna say. I know what you're like, gonna say that hey, you're gonna cry it. every every episode. episode? <laughs> it's gonna hurt that bad. <laughs> that every episode is gonna make you want to cry. And I was like, oh no. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm not ready, but I'm ready. I I can't wait. This next month, January fifteenth. Do we know how many yeah. episodes this is yet? Nine. Usually Nine. HBO is ten. Nine, isn't okay. It? You're probably right, Christian. Yeah. Let's find. Oh, let's Google this right now. Why not? How many episodes? I think I heard it was nine or ten, something like that. On like the kind Last of, of us. Or something. Yeah, right, bro. It was nine. Oh, nine wow. episodes. 
So that's nine hours of at least right, right there. Yeah. Of good least. food. Good food. Yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy, indeed. <laughs> Moving on. Sifu is getting a live action movie. The script is being written by creator of the John Wick series, Derek Kolstad, to which my friend immediately says, Man, I wish it was the inverse. He wants a John Wick game from uh, oh, the yeah. creators, yeah, from Slow Clap, <laughs> which I think would have been cool as well. But either way, this is pretty dope news. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Hell? Yeah, indeed. Um, I put this in quick bites. It's kind of a big one, but uh, I put this here because we have some other big ne- bigger news to cover later. Um, mention we have to hear. Microsoft is announced, sorry, has announced plans to raise the price of its first-party titles, starting with Redfall, Forza Motorsport, and Starfield. Uh, this makes sense. Making games is expensive, and if you still have Game Pass, more incentive for you to start getting games via Game Pass, because uh, you, you'll be able to play first-party title, titles there anyway. Yeah, and Microsoft's kind of the the last one, essentially, of the major publishers. I guess oh. I Nintendo's still... What? Yeah, don't don't dig on Nintendo like this. All oh right? no, no, they're no, a major yeah. company still. Yeah, no, so that's fair. Nintendo's still still there, but like in terms of like big publishers like Activision, uh, 2K, and that kind of stuff, I think Microsoft's one of the last ones to increase. But yeah, it makes sense. Like you said, uh, game development costs are going up. Uh, obviously, I didn't think it was gonna sit at sixty dollars forever, especially when everyone else was already seventy. So. Uh, yeah, Game Pass getting more value by this increasing in cost. <laughs> uh, before we move on, if Nintendo rose to 70, God forbid, um, I don't know, what, what Nintendo game would, you, would make you pay 70, like, would you pay $70 for? I guess, Ro, you're already paying like 100 bucks per game, so this is just for Dan and I. <laughs> right. um, probably Tears of the Kingdom, but any other game, I'm not sure. Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. I don't, I, nothing else that's announced, I guess, that I would. Yeah. You imagine I, paying 70 bucks for Bayonetta 3? I couldn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, and, and, and if it goes up there, it goes up for us too. So I might be paying a little bit more, a little bit more, Ooh. which is not exciting. But yeah. I would pay extra for um, a Breath of the Wild sequel, definitely. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. You paid extra for Sonic. I did. <laughs> I did, and I'll do it again. <laughs> nice. Speaking of Sonic, Sonic Prime is premiering on Roblox? Roblox? Question mark, question mark. Yes. <laughs> you will be able to watch the premiere, the first episode, 40-minute long episode of Sonic Prime on Roblox five days before the Netflix release. Wow. Uh, the episode will run nonstop. Every 45 minutes, it'll, it'll restart. Beautiful. Sounds like heaven. <laughs> Dude, oh let's meet god. up in Roblox and watch, bro. <laughs> let's do it. Let's oh do my it. god. It's so weird. But at the same time, it's not because they have like a, a speed simulator, Sonic speed simulator. Yes. Like Sega teamed up with Roblox and apparently it's really good. Like Sonic fans really like it. So that's cool. It's like kind of like the Fortnite partnerships. Like let's mm-hmm. premiere your trailer in here. Get the kids over here. So that's kind of cool. And by the way, that is the the site for where it's premiering is is on that speed simulator thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Oh, cool. very cool. Speaking of cool stuff, Elden Ring gets its first update. Uh, it is actually we I found out today it's actually 
legit called, if you download it, it's called DLC 1. Uh, funny enough. The Coliseums have opened their gates, y'all, for PvP, PvP combat. Uh, you will be able to go into the Coliseum and do one of four different modes. You can do duels, which is 1v1. Uh, United Combat pins you against uh, a timed team fight. I think it's 3v3. Dan, can you move uh, your cursor, please, so I can read? Thank you. <laughs> it was covering up the dot. <laughs> Combat Ordeal, which is a free-for-all mode, and Spirit Ashes, a mode where you can use your Spirit Ashes uh, in, in these fights. So, pop off. Uh, I never deleted Elden Ring, so I, I might jump in on this, but my friend said it's a ton of fun. I'm also not very good at PvP combat. I can do okay, but I don't have an OP build, so I'd be scared to run up uh, in a duel. I've, uh, I've heard that I've heard this discourse happening after this was announced. Does this lower your expect not lower or lower the chances, I should say, of uh, another announcement at Game Awards for like story <laughs> DLC for you? <clears throat> I wasn't. Man? Okay, so I wasn't at first thinking like, oh, they're getting this out of the way. And then uh, proper DLC announced at Game Awards. And then I found out that it was actually like when you download it and it's titled That's DLC cool. 1. Mm. I was like, ooh, yeah, probably, probably not. We might not get anything at Game Awards. But I mean, there is still DLC coming. Like they are working on it and they've said so. So we will get a major like story content at some point in the future. Will it be tomorrow? Probably not. Maybe Armored Core instead. Oh, we need. Yeah, let's move on to speaking of need. Let's move on to our final news story, our final quick bite. This is a not safe for work one. So if uh, you've got children present or you're not into this, you don't want to hear this. Just mute for a few seconds. Okay, you've muted. Or sorry, maybe you didn't mute, and uh, you're here. You want to know what it is? Yes, everyone. The sex update is finally here. Says Ultra Kill Game on Twitter. UK Butt is an official mod that adds butt plug support to the game. So there you have it. If you want to play Ultra Kill with a butt plug, you can. This is insane. Are you kidding me? A mod that lets you do this? Unprecedented. A game that has finally added sex. Christian, wow. Christian, are you going to experience this? I'll try anything once, Dan. <laughs> there you go. Probably not for <laughs> what you got for me, but... Yeah, no. I'm Should I do this? Should I review this? How this this works? <laughs> what? <laughs> so no, no. So there's like okay. Well, here, I, was, I watched the video and I was this. like, what is what is happening? I don't understand. So there's a there's there's butt plugs that you know connect via Bluetooth. You know, there's a tons of sex toys that connect via phone. Right, you can control them through the internet and stuff like that. I won't get into the nitty gritty of this. See, this is not something you need to know, Ro. You're a very innocent person. <laughs> I, I've heard um, of those ones, but I, I yeah, don't know but why it works this the same way. Like, okay. like when you're shooting, and yeah. oh, and, the, and other various the activities where the controller is vibrating. And uh, see, I think why you're confused, Ro, is because in the video they showed a controller rumbling, and I think they were just trying to give you the idea of like this is gotcha. what, yeah. Like, this is what you could be in your butt right now, but it's mine. It's on the table. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Supported sources, screen shake, firing weapons, moving, like dashing and sliding, etc., and optional menu feedback. You want to just infinitely scroll. Have mercy. Well, I'm glad, glad it's there for those. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it's there for Christian to try out. 
<laughs> excited I, I for your review next week. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for me? Uh, let's let's move on. Jesus, uh, we got one item here for Street Meat. This is uh, uh, sorry, Scuttlebutt Lane. Uh, an Uncharted reboot, possibly. Uh, let's see here. This comes via the leak. Uh, an Uncharted game may be sorry. According to the leak, Sony's reportedly planning to reboot the Uncharted series for its fifth installment. Kind of a weird sentence. Uh, the outlet has heard from two independent sources that Naughty Dog will not be involved in the development of the game and will instead be created by a different studio. Now, what does this mean? Could this be uh, Nathan Drake all over again? Or when they say reboot, do we mean uh, you know different characters, a uh, different roster of characters, different adventure? Uh, we don't know. Uh, but it looks like it may be happening. I kind of yeah. hope that it's more a spiritual reboot and they continue after the events of four. And of course we all know what we're talking about when I say that. Sure. Uh, obviously like a time jump maybe, but yeah, I I'm hoping it's more so that than like, let's just scrap all these awesome characters and, um, but I guess who knows? Uh, also who's, who's leading development on this? Like maybe like Ben could Ben do this. Like they were, Told they can't do their uh, their sequel to Days Gone. Days Gone, yeah. So maybe they could do this. I don't know. Who knows? But personally, I don't. I don't want it to be in the Morgan family. I want it to be just leave, leave them all alone. Leave Nathan alone, and Nathan and crew. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm as much as I love the ending of four, and I, I would like to see that continued. If they do do like a reboot, it would be cool to see it. In timeline wise, after the events of four, but like with different sure. different characters and just start a new uncharted adventure and then maybe Nate shows up eventually and like in the reboot third game in the series, just like, oh wow, this is really cool, like fan servicey stuff. But it'll be really cool to like just continue in that world, but not with Nate, I think. But I, I would love an Uncharted One reboot or uh, remake, that would be awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Set of Last of Us Part One. Am I right? You are right. <laughs> Ro, shut up. <laughs> Picking on you this time. <laughs> Let's move on. Move on over into news of the week because we got some hefty items here. Uh, we're gonna start with some Halo news. Uh, the first is potentially actually good news, uh, at least the way I'm interpreting it. A shift has happened. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Dan is shaking his head. After 11 years at 343 Industries, multiplayer director of Halo Infinite, Tom French, announces his departure from the studio to explore new opportunities. Uh, why do I say this is good news? Well, uh, apparently a lot of the things that he implemented into Halo Infinite that people did not like, Tom French was the one that apparently, like, uh, he's credited as the one who, like, fought to introduce them. So this departure may mean, like, a shift into what the crew now at Halo Infinite is wanting to to do. I don't know. I'm just maybe talking here, speculating here. Uh, but it does seem like they want to do a little bit of a shift now that, you know, its first major update with Forge has happened. So, Dan, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious what, what that is uh, that you've seen. But, uh, yes, uh, Tom French... Tom French uh, famously was the head of the Forge team for Halo 5, and um, Halo 5's Forge was fantastic. And then uh, Halo Infinite started development. Tom French took over the Infinite Forge team. Uh, so at the start of Infinite's development, he was the Forge guy. And then 
they had some multiplayer shakeups um, later on. And actually, Tom just joined the multiplayer lead role like maybe a year or two ago. I can't remember exact timing of it. Um, but yeah, Tom, Tom French is great. Uh, from everyone I know in the Halo community, as far as I'm aware, they've been very positive about Tom French. He's, he's done a lot of great stuff for Halo in terms of Forge. Um, and uh, even, even going into the multiplayer uh, lead side of things, kind of in the midst of uh, shakeups and issues with ongoing development of uh, Infinite, uh, I think he, he did as good as he could have done uh, in, with the situation he was handed. And uh, again, I, I, I just wish this game had been delayed a year because now, as we'll talk about here in a second with the next story, uh, I feel like we're finally turning a corner with Halo Infinite as well as we just talked about Battlefield 2042 turning a, a corner as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, Tom, I, I don't think this news is good or bad. I think it's just, you know, Tom's ready to move on uh, to his next opportunity um, in the gaming space, which makes sense. Uh, he can't, He didn't see anywhere for him to, you know, move up any further at 343 and wants to continue his uh, career. I actually made a comment to Gage. I thought it was odd that this was a news story because this is kind of like, it's not good or bad news. It's just, you know, a guy who uh, did well for 343 and uh, wants to move but on to the next part of his career. He was, he was, uh, he was the lead, though, of the multiplayer uh, sector, whatever you want to call it, right? Yes, yeah, since... He's a, he's a pretty pretty high, high up, so I, I would yeah. say this is really fine with news. I mean, a lot of directors are leaving all the time, and usually people are reporting on that as well. Yeah. Gosh, I can't find. I don't know why I said gosh. Um, I can't find what it was, but somebody had tweeted because uh, I was reading about Tom French, and it was I think it was something to do with some aspect of multiplayer progression. I don't remember if it was uh, related to their their battle pass or not that they weren't happy with. So I I maybe just be misspeaking here. I gotcha. And to be fair, like sometimes, and not to discredit anyone or anything like that, but sometimes people will blame certain people that may not necessarily be the factor in why these things exist. Like, you know, for instance, the monetization in Halo Infinite, a lot of people complain about that and they blame certain people. And it's really, that's a product of the game being free to play and Microsoft pushing that. So, well, uh, the reason why I said this is because it, it was on his uh, LinkedIn is. Yeah, I wish I had found it. I should have saved it. I didn't. I thought I'd be, it was in the replies and it's not. So gotcha. I can't push this any further. Instead, let's focus on some good news here. Something something huge winter update has happened in Halo Infinite, and Dan is going to tell us more. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, there's really cool stuff in this new update that they just pushed out, um, which they kind of gave us a, a, a warning like, hey, this is coming. It's a pretty decently sized update, but they didn't really go into details until they released it. Um, so what we got was uh, a new map, which is a remake of the pit from Halo 3, which is a very beloved map from Halo 3. Uh, com competitive community absolutely loves this map. So uh, they remade this map in Forge, 343 did personally, and uh, it looks really good, plays really well in Infinite's uh, sandbox, and they modified it even to work in Infinite's sandbox. So that's awesome. Uh, but one of the important things here, uh, all armor cores and um, cadet coatings, which is basically your like basic coatings, uh, you know, your blue, red, you know, basic stuff are all 
coming to all people for free, which they should have been there from the get-go, but I think it's more oversight. They have different cores of armor sets that are for you know different design categories, essentially, and they only created the cadet coatings for the original one that launched with the game. So I think it was oversight they didn't add those. But also, this is big because in the past, you had to buy the battle passes to get the other armor cores. But now they're giving everyone all the armor cores for free. So that's very cool that they're um, just going ahead and giving that to people. Uh, Christian has a shocked reaction on his face here. <laughs> but uh, Sorry, I, I, go ahead. Keep on. Uh, just continuing on the other big one uh they've got a lot of quality of life improvements in this game in this update which is including uh some mouse and keyboard fixes in terms of uh, red reticule because a lot of people were upset that they took out red reticule due to anti-cheat uh, they were able to figure that out and put red reticule back in for pc players uh, and also networking and desync, which has been a big issue since launch. They've put a lot of work in network and desync issues and uh, improvements have been made to networking, which should reduce instances of desync, vehicles desyncing, melee attacks, not registering and blank shots. So uh, those are all quality of life stuff. However, the biggest thing in this update, the custom game browser is launching right now and that is huge and a lot of people when forge was released um with the winter update they were upset that or not upset but they were disappointed that there obviously wasn't going to be a custom game browser because 343 said oh we're sorry well, we have to ha that's going to launch in season three custom game browser will come in season three which is in march or something march or april mm -hmm. And instead, they surprise dropped it uh, in the December update just yesterday. So, or yeah, yesterday. So that's huge because that caters content from Forge. So you have people creating maps, you have pre people, people creating modes, and essentially it's a dedicated server list of people playing games. So like custom games. So if someone's hosting a lobby of, you know, uh, just to give you an idea, um, uh, what's jenga jenga for instance is a big halo custom game if someone's hosting a lobby of jenga they post that to the custom game browser and anyone can go to the custom game browser and join that like they can search for you know i want to play jenga let me find this and they search for it for it and join so like this is absolutely huge it's a huge thing in master chief collection and it is going to be huge for infinite i feel like and um the sorry this is long-winded but the back end of that of why it's also huge is this released three three or four months before it was supposed to so we are finally getting to the point where they have caught up to their backlog of work so i am very adamant and i've been adamant for a bit that i think season three is going to be the so to speak relaunch of this game and i hope that people come back and give it a shot because they've made a lot of work and and updates and yeah uh, a lot of good stuff there and uh hopefully this is uh signaling like the future of our uh, seasons getting much better and more consistent so yes I'm going through the replies of the the video that three fourth or sorry the, the the Halo account posted and uh, it's pretty funny comments in here. Um, <laughs> I have two questions. Yes. 
one is going to be directed at Gage, who isn't here, but he listens, and so he'll he can answer me via DM later. But you can also input. Uh, how do you feel about uh, mouse and keyboard getting uh, Amos's support? Um, wait, what? Like in terms of like just increased support, because it mouse and keyboard they have aim assist they or they've had aim assist but it's not to the extent of controller if that makes sense not from what i've seen uh this week i think yesterday i saw a clip um of somebody in halo infinite saying talking about aim assist and he had his hand off the mouse yeah. um, and it was like on par with you know what it is in, in consoles and stuff where like the character is moving left and right like following the enemy as it's moving just pretty crazy for for like normally you don't see all that stuff much in pc it's more yeah. a console thing yeah yeah um i guess i'll have to see what you're talking about but th in terms of aim assist halo has always been uh, aim assist in this game is actually the lowest it's ever been uh, let me put it that way halo 5 okay. had already stripped back aim assist quite a bit and infinite even strips it back even more uh so I think they're trying to do the best they can to balance mouse and keyboard with controller because controller players were getting a bit of an advantage there, uh, especially in competitive play. Like you don't see anyone in competitive mm. play on mouse and keyboard. And that's partly due to the series legacy with mouse with controller versus mouse and keyboard, but also partly because that's kind of a better way to play Halo in, in my opinion. But yeah. okay. Gage, answer me. Uh, second question I have is, uh, how do you feel about the timing of this? I know you kind of alluded to a little bit, but um, you said three months earlier, which is which is big. Like they're ahead of schedule for this. But I'm I'm more like thinking uh, it's December. It's the Christmas break uh, for a lot of people, for a lot of kids, a lot of people who are getting Xboxes maybe for Christmas, who are maybe getting Game Pass, and if they have Game Pass, they can get this Halo game for for free and they can start playing. How do you feel about the timing of it as as like a just like right before christmas update yeah i i think it's perfect i i hope it like i said i hope it brings people into the game and uh even if people are just joining for the first time they have two battle passes to go through if they if they choose to purchase those um or even the winter update battle pass which is free um so yeah there's plenty of opportunity for them to get uh whatever they want out of it so yeah i think that's that's really great, yeah. And like I said, I think the timing is more indicative of uh, being great due to like that saying, like we're ahead of schedule finally. Like this isn't being delayed. We're we're ahead of it actually for once instead of um, playing catch up. So uh, also, I, I just want to shout out real quick the Master Chief Collection team because they are still doing amazing work. They they just released an update today as well, the uh, December update for Master Chief Collection. So. Check that out if you're interested. But yeah, they have a lot of cool quality of life improvements for MCC as well. This is a great way for me to end cap this story. Uh, this tweet from Late Night Halo, who says 343 really gave us winter update part two. Congrats, 343. Uh, huge news. Last night, I was off a of gummy, chilling on my couch, hop on Twitter. <laughs> I look and I see Call of Duty is coming to Nintendo for the next 10 years. Microsoft has entered a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo following the merger uh, of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard King. 
quote, Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people, however they choose to play. It's also uh, important to note that it, Microsoft is committed to also bringing Call of Duty, uh, sorry, to offering Call of Duty on Steam, which is, which is also big. Um, let's just stop there for a second. Thoughts on this? Point blank. Period. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's great that that uh, that Microsoft wants to have Call of Duty in as many places as possible. Also, this could just be a, a way to help progress uh, the the trial that's going on in their favor. To it's like, hey, we we 100%. don't want a monopoly on this thing. We we want to share it with with everybody. And not to say that they weren't going to do that anyway, but it obviously there there's a whole thing going on where people think they're trying to just capitalize on the the franchise and have it all to themselves so they have to say stuff like this but at the same time having having call of duty on more places is is just good it's good for anybody who wants to to play that game as as phil said wherever they choose to play uh the worrying part is that it's a nintendo console (laughs) and yes recently um i mean the last time call of duty was on nintendo was the wii u and granted, that was the that was the last console that Nintendo made, but that was also ten years ago. So it's been a while since Call of Duty has been on a Nintendo console. And with all the hubbub about Nintendo's performance lately, you you can imagine that people are a little bit worried about how Call of Duty is going to run on Nintendo's mm-hmm. system. So that's yeah. obviously the trepidatious part about all of this. It, but yeah, it's important to note that it's not going to be a poor or like a different version. It's not going to be you know. Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, Phil mm. has said that it's it's going to be Call of Duty proper, right? Oh, wow. However, Dan has pointed out uh, in in the in the chat, our, our private chat, that it, it could be uh, a cloud version, right? But I don't want to speak on behalf of Dan. So Dan, pop off. No, yeah, the, I mean that honestly, that might be their best path forward because, uh, like you guys are saying, the Switch is very underpowered, and obviously Microsoft already has the infrastructure in place with um, with Xbox Cloud Streaming uh, to be able to do uh, a cloud solution, so that would make a lot of sense. I know Capcom has been doing that a lot with their games, with Resident Evil uh, remakes going to uh, cloud versions on Switch, so definitely that would make a lot of sense for them to do that. also, I think it was hilarious reading Gabe Newell's response when uh, they talked about um, uh, how Call of Duty is going to continue to release on Steam. Because uh, Gabe's like... Read that second paragraph for us. Yeah. So Gabe uh, says, Microsoft offered and even sent us a draft agreement for a long-term Call of Duty commitment, but it wasn't necessary for us because, A, we're not believers in requiring any partner to have an agreement that locks them into shipping games on Steam into the distant future. B, Phil and the games team at Microsoft have always followed through on what they told us they would do, so we trust their intentions. And C, we think Microsoft has all the motivation they need to be on the platforms and devices where Call of Duty customers want to be. Which, that's he's exactly right. They're not going to take it away from them. And also, Microsoft has been on the forefront of... Uh, releasing their games on Steam and Windows Store. Like, they've been doing that for the last several years. Uh, All of their first-party games release on both. So, uh, yeah, absolutely couldn't have said it better, Gabe. Uh, Let's also include the wording from Vice Chair and President of Microsoft, Brad Smith, who says, Any day Sony wants to sit down and talk, we'll be happy to hammer out a 10-year deal for PlayStation as well. 
as both of you have alluded to, I think Ro actually said it as well. Uh, it is very much obvious a, a kind of stiff arm play uh, for the um, shoot. Who is what is the name of the committee that is uh, overlooking this? FGC is that is that yeah the FTC. What I've seen regulators float around on Twitter. They've been, that's the verbiage today. Whoever mm-hmm. is looking at this, um, who is maybe looking at this move for Microsoft as being kind of anti-consumer is now having to see that, no, they're actually committed to putting it on other platforms as well. Maybe Sony is just the ones that are kind of crying about it. Yeah. The, only, the only bit that maybe Microsoft has shot themselves in the foot a little bit is that they now are probably going to have to invest into uh, helping Call of Duty be on a Nintendo platform. Like, I'm not sure. Like, like they're going to have to help fund that kind of thing, I, I would imagine. Or maybe uh, but they've got, the, they've got the money for it. Or maybe not if it is a cloud version, because obviously the sure, cloud version already is there for um, cloud streaming. So maybe not that much. Uh, I just I I was reading this first comment on that Brad Smith article, and I just want to point out like this doesn't make any sense. So this guy rep- replies with, "Will your ten-year offer include access to having the titles on PlayStation Plus, same as Game Pass? Otherwise, you're not really producing a valid proposition to allay the market restriction concerns." That to me doesn't make any sense because their market concerns should be based yeah. around making the uh, making the deal after the deal making things worse on gamers. So it's, it's not making things worse by having it on Game Pass because it's not on PlayStation Plus right now. So. Like, uh, yeah, that, that comment doesn't make any sense to me, but... Hey, that's a weird take. Oh, I kept scrolling down, and now I'm looking at e-girls. Oh. <laughs> Why is this being pushed to me? Not that I, not that I mind. 47,000 likes this picture. Of, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm on e-girls. I got distracted. I got it's severely distracted. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I just can't imagine playing uh, Call of Duty on Nintendo. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even a Switch 2 would be, still probably not be as good as playing it on <laughs> my PlayStation 5, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, it, but it's like, goes to show we are very much in need of a uh, Switch Pro or a Switch 2 pretty soon, especially if, if Nintendo is excited to have this kind of partnership with Microsoft continue 10 years into the future. Yeah, I, 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 as you said, like I don't think a lot of people are, are clamoring for Call of Duty to come back to Nintendo, and I think that may end up uh, making them do the cloud version thing instead of putting a little bit more effort into the port of it, uh, which is, I guess, disappointing. But at the same time, not a lot of people are going to be there. It's like the EA thing where they just like do the laziest port of all their their sports games because <laughs> a lot of people over there are playing it anyway. Dude, so it's like whatever. Do you remember when they literally copy pasted a FIFA game? <laughs> I think like it was the exact same game. I think it's happened multiple times, actually. It like, happened twice. Yeah. I think they just call it Legacy Edition now to get away with it. Like, yeah, it's, it's that's it's, so it's, fucked it's up. It's the same game they're charging <laughs> yeah. money for. Well, wait, oh Christian, my God, they're changing the names. <laughs> the names the numbers of the players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, before we get into our next segment here, everybody, everybody on this podcast, look at this DM I just sent you. Oh. This is this is what popped up when I'm looking at these uh, Microsoft <laughs> Call of Duty tweets. I'm tiny. What a liar! This is what the algorithm pushes, and I, I scrolled the account, and I had I had to stop. Oh my! God. I've actually seen that Woo! picture as well. Uh, 
Gage also says, check YouTube comments. I'm sorry, Gage. I was not paying attention at all. Uh, uh, Gage has been here this whole time. Glenn says, you and your friend Christian sword fights. I don't know what that means. Oh, you want want us to stream that? No. After dark. Brenty says, good evening, fellas. Have a good one. Thank you, Brenty, of course. Uh, And Gage says, it's important to note that Dan is cute AF. Get out of here. (laughs) Cod True. Mobile on Switch, that could be native. He th- he thinks it'll be native. Yeah, but it, it's it, it's not Cod Mobile. According to Phil Spencer's words, it's going to be proper Call of Duty, not oh, not a I distilled version of that game. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Gage, rewind and and give me your thoughts on aim assist in the Halo update. Anyway, let's move on to our next segment, our fantasy draft check in. I put this item here instead of in the quick bites. Uh, River City Girls two. North America release that's happening next week, December fifteenth, and Roe has that on his uh, his lineup of games. So with that, Roe, congratulations on securing second place. Is that it? Podcast picks and fantasy critic. Let's go. Wait, are we already determining the the second place? (laughs) Christian, you have uh, soul. So, what's it? Silksong, I've so yeah, yeah Silksong is happening, <laughs> everyone. If Bone Lab would just get the freaking reviews, it won't. It happens, God. But I'll take it. I will take it. River City Girls, I'm so excited. Apparently, the reason that it hadn't released here yet and it did in Japan is because Japan released it without the multiplayer stuff, and Way Forward mm. did not want to do that here in America. Apparently, the the publisher in Japan is different to to America. So WayForward was like, no, we wanted the full thing. So they delayed it a little bit, which I'm down. Still coming out this year. Can't wait to play it. Very excited. Hopefully it gets good reviews. I was doing the math in my head to see if River City got 100 if you could beat me and you come just <laughs> short. Just short. Dang it. Not even with a perfect score, which has never happened. <laughs> <laughs> could you beat Dan? Yes. This world is fucked. I will. I will. Always next year. I will point out my games that finally got scores from last week are lower than what I thought they would be. So I only got three from Callisto and four from Warhammer. So a lot lower wow. than I expected. I also forgot to mention High on Life releases December 13th and Gage uh, has picked that one. But I think Gage is pretty safely in fourth place with <laughs> games still left to, to pick here that it's, he never filled. <laughs> oh, man. Um, also, that was an epic ban there, Ro, on Twitch. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> did something I paste in here get deleted? It w- or did I never paste it? There was another news item here. Uh, oh, I have it on my personal. Um, I'll paste it in here. We'll get to this one quicker. I'm sorry. There was one more news item. In the Ooh. news of the week, I'm sorry. This is everything we know or think we know about the, the game awards that's happening tomorrow. Some news has dropped. Uh, again, full predictions on last week's episode. Here's what we know. Thanks to Dan sleuthing around, <laughs> there is a Fall Guys uh, unannounced costume that is probably going to be Gears of War. Thanks to Dan. Just explain it. Yeah, the they posted the link and I went to the link and was reading the article and then at the end they have like code redemption and this is how you redeem your codes and it literally says Kate Diaz uh Fall Guys skin which is Kate Diaz from Gears of War. I'm like, "Okay, well, <laughs> there it is." They kind of screwed that up, but yeah. Oops. 
We also have some cast members from Glass Onion, Daniel Craig and Jessica Henwick, along with writer-director Ryan Johnson at the Game Awards. Uh, I think it was uh, in a quote tweet that, uh, what's his name, Jeff Keighley said that, like, there's a reason why they're here. Could it be a potential game tie-in? Well, isn't it kind of funny? And they said, could it be an Among Us thing? Who knows? But there might be something game-related with Glass Onion. Oh, okay. Is it game related or is it just them bringing a glass onion trailer? Because <laughs> I could see something dumb. Like oh, that. Yeah. I, I didn't even think I, I didn't think about that because I had already seen the movie. But you're right. It's it's technically not out yet. Yeah. Um, you got me there, Dan. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> Kojima has continued to tease something via logos. He tweets, start a new journey along with three different logos. Um, KGP, what are you on about? And I can't wait to see what you have in store for us tomorrow. Is it Death Stranding 2 related? Is it Overdose? Is it a third game? Who knows? But Kojima will be at the Game Awards tomorrow. For Shozy. Three logos. Is it three things? It's all of those things, plus one more yeah. thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he was also tweeting uh, something else today. It was like, first it was who, then it was where, then why. He's on about that again, and I, I, I need to know more. But until then, Star Wars Jedi Survivor gameplay will be revealed at the Game Awards, and the game is confirmed to be coming out March 15th, 2023. Cal Kestis has seen some ish. On the run. I'm excited. I'm excited to see more from this. Uh, and technically, this should have been in Street Meet, but because it's Game Awards related, uh, Horizon DLC has been leaked by the snitch. Uh, rumored to be called the Burning Shores, and it's looking likely that we might get some kind of news or reveal tomorrow at the Game Awards. Uh, hopefully, Elden Ring DLC gets announced as well, because I think that'd be really funny for these two games to get their DLC announced at the same time as well. <laughs> Horizon just always... Always getting horizoned. <laughs> Never gets its own spotlight. <laughs> Get horizoned. That's so yeah. funny. Oh man, Zelda, it's like cucking video games. Yeah. Let's move over into what you got for me, Daniel. Start first. Um, the only thing I've got for you is Callisto Protocol. So maybe I should just wait until our topic of the show for that. Absolutely, you should. Okay, there we go. Roshan, what you got for me? Uh, not much. Um, I'm still playing Pokemon right now in the post game, uh, training my Mons. I caught a Charizard with from a Terra raid battle, which is like a like you like a co-op where you team up team up with other players and fight a super strong Pokemon. And this week, uh, Game Freak gave us a Charizard challenge, and we got it. It was pretty tough, but the team that I got it, we we got a Charizard. So happy with that. And uh, yeah, I've just been. Going around searching for the legendaries. I caught a shiny the other day, my first shiny ever playing Pokemon. Um, so that was exciting. And now I kind of want to find more. Like I see what the what what people are talking about with shiny honey shiny hunting in these games. It's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, right now I've just been still on that Pokemon high, enjoying the post game of Scarlet and Violet right now. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'm happy you're happy, is my take. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I started and then quickly played through a game that uh, has immediately entered my top 10 games of the year. 
uh, and that is Faith, the Unholy Trinity by Ardorf Games, which is is fantastic. It's it's a eight bit style uh, horror game that is probably up there in the rogues gallery of the scariest games I've ever played for sure. Uh, If I thought about it, it would probably make my top five. And you play as a priest who is haunted by um, an exorcism he performed on a young girl named Emily uh, and ended up failing that exorcism. Uh, And it's a three chapter game. Um, It's got its full it got its full release uh, right before Halloween. Uh, and it and it's fantastic. Uh, like the the way the game plays with um, with sound is particularly scary, and with its mechanics. I think I sent a clip into the private chat where there's only one button, by the way. That like it's the action button, and you use that for everything. It's really cool the way the game changes the way you use it. Uh, and at one point, you have to give away your your you use a cross, um, and you have to give away your cross uh, to like enter this this um, haunted apartment building that is probably one of my favorite gameplay levels uh this year um and you have to pick up a camera and the you know possessions in the building get rid of the lights and so you're having to maneuver through this haunted uh demon infested apartment building by using the camera and every time you use it the camera flashes and you can hear the and you see light for like oh my god it's a 1.5 seconds uh and it's it's fucking great dude i i love this game it's so good uh, I am right now stuck on the final boss. It's the secret boss, I guess, to get the true ending. And uh, it's very tough, but I-, I love it. Faith, the Unholy Trinity. Thumbs up. That premise sounds really cool, the whole uh, failed exorcism thing that you're explaining before. Uh, the The question I have is like about the action button. Is it is the action button used to move as well? Or is it the... That's so a... there's... Sorry, there's... You can... If you, you can use... It's controller support. So you okay. can move with the D-pad or the stick. Gotcha. And then A or spacebar is the action button. Gotcha. I was going to say, like, that's really interesting how they, like, were able to map that no, out. No, 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 no. That's no. so cool. That's <laughs> so cool that it's just one button outside yeah. of the movement stuff. But yeah. Ro, I know you don't like scary games, but if... Oh, man. <laughs> it sounds I, really if, cool. If it weren't so scary, I think it'd be totally up your alley. Like, I, yeah. it's a game I, I legit can't play at night. Um, I tried once, and I felt extremely uncomfortable. That like the game. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm gonna rip on not rip. Uh, riff on this game for just a second more. Um, they used a text to speech for all the um, dialogue in this game, but they modified it so that it's it's still kind of that chip tune eight bit kind of sound, but it's so loud and harsh that you can it it almost is like penetrating your ears and you're almost hearing things inside of the dialogue, which I think works for the kind of tone of this game. Um, but then they also rip sound altogether throughout like so many segments where you would think like, oh, it'd be like tense music right now. No, it's just silent. And for some reason, the silence makes it way more uneasy than it would be if you had some kind of like scary music behind it. And when you're like in my when you when I'm here in my like playing on my PC and there's like no sound whatsoever and, and I'm like just moving around this haunted space, I can't help but feel uneasy in real life. And it's like. I can't play this at night anymore. I have to like <laughs> five, six PM. I'm like, all right, time to move on to something else. Anyway, like Callisto Protocol. Because that I've been watching fun. a lot of no, dude. Okay, no, you're you're gonna make fun, but I've been watching a lot of horror movies, playing Callisto, playing Faith. It's been a scary December for me. I'm not gonna lie to you. 
Dan, thank you for that segue. Let's get into the topic of the show. Our Callisto Protocol review. What makes good survival horror games? Um, Callisto Protocol released this year by Striking Distance Studio. Published, I think, by Crafton, if I, if I have that correct. Uh, Dan and I have been playing it. Dan has beaten it. I am close to the end of the game. I think I'm on chapter six of eight chapters. We will keep, obviously, our review spoiler free. But I do think we can talk enough about the game in, a, in like a more complete kind of context to have a, a pretty worthwhile discussion about it. And, and Dan, I, I want your thoughts first, your general thoughts on Callisto Protocol now that you've been it. Um, yeah, my general thoughts are I think it's a good first step um, for this franchise. I, I, I do hope it continues. Um, uh, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more here about, you know, what issues we have with it and, and what things we like about it. But Overall, I think it's a pretty good first step for a brand new studio. Uh, remember, Glenn started this studio, I feel like it was only like three years ago, maybe four years ago. So it is very impressive that they released this game um, in such a short time. Um, but yeah, overall, good, good first step. Um, I know we like have different kind of opinions on numbers too by the way but if you had to give it a number now that you've beaten it like what where are you at in your head honestly 20 I point scale i hadn't really thought about it 20 point scale um probably probably around a 7.5 okay yeah gotcha gotcha of course i'm i'm usually pretty forgiving so maybe other maybe i should say seven but yeah, 7.5. Okay, okay. I'm a bit lower. I, I have like a weird relationship with this game where like I want to love, I really want to love it um, just because I, I like survival horror. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been holding me back. Uh, to me, Callisto Protocol has been, if I had to describe it in one word, is or two words, I'd say dis disappointing and underwhelming, sadly. However, I do think I agree with you. I think the game uh, overall is a decent first entry for Striking Distance Studios. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of room for improvement if they do a sequel. But for me, I think it would require a lot of rethinking for their approach to uh, a lot of aspects of the game, which we'll talk about. Uh, my main cr criticism, though, is that Close Protocol is not really a survival horror game. I think it leans much more into the action Agreed. aspect of it, which I, I, I think is not my preferred way i think uh, the overall game design and main combat mechanic is in direct contrast to the tone that we saw in a lot of the marketing and kind of trailers you know the pitch for this game and ultimately ultimately i think for me it fails at being a proper spiritual successor successor of dead space mm -hmm. and is instead more of a derivative game that is probably not as rich as it's as the predecessor um, in its setting, in its gameplay, um, and in its design. Um, and it, it just kind of missed the mark for me. It feels like it's closer to Dead Space 2. Like, I don't know if you feel like the same way, but like Dead Space 2 is like a more actiony. Like, I felt like even Dead Space 2, though, was scarier than this game or more horror. horror um, yeah. Than this and that's, that's, the, that's the thing, though. Like, horror action can be good. Yeah. Ro even played some Resident Evil 4 and like dug it enough, right? Like what whatever he played. So like horror action can be good. But the thing for me is like I think the game wants to be survival horror for for its story and for its tone. 
and legit like a lot of the gameplay design where it's like let's make a bunch of tension when you're like moving through the environment and I, by the way i do have positives later on that i really want to get to uh but then you get into the actual like gameplay of it and and some of the set pieces and it's like this feels like two i'm playing two different games and i i don't know where it's wanting me to to like where i'm being pulled it's kind of a bummer for me yeah can we talk about those negatives because of gameplay because uh like the combat sure the combat i have a lot of problems with like especially the melee combat i feel like the whole dodging system i hate like i hate that you have to use the thumbstick to dodge i feel like by the end of the game especially when you get to the last couple bosses uh you start to figure it out because you kind of have to but like i hate mm. that dodging system yes. that needs to be completely take stripped out because that's awful i mean so let let's let's first establish what the the, the dodging system is in this game uh the tutorial says you have to hold left or right to dodge and here's my frustration in this game i don't think the tutorial tutorial is very well because my first impression of it is that you have to dodge in relation to where the attack is coming from yeah that is wrong so then i thought okay the timing is where i have to do it that was also wrong so i went i said screw it after like two hours of playing this game i said screw it i need to look up a tutorial or a Reddit post to see what other people are doing because encounters in this game were like <laughs> 45 minutes in this one room before I could finally do it. And it's like, no, I, I need to look up what I'm doing wrong. There was so much, so much speculation. No one knew what the right answer was for this dodge and like how to get it. The developers say there's no perfect dodge in this game. There's a trophy called perfect dodge or something, something like that, where like <laughs> time slows down. Oh, God. Eventually, I got to one guy who said, don't worry about what direction or your timing really what you want to be doing is holding left or right before they even attack you and you'll dodge and i said there's no fucking way that's yeah. true and i tried it and it's true and i haven't gotten hit since which removes all tension from the game for me now i just i just i will shoot and then hit up a, a few times and then okay i'll start moving so i don't get dodged and now i'm just walking through the game like nothing oh. it just doesn't work for me what one of the last bosses christian that i faced like uh, maybe like the third to last or i can't remember exactly i was getting so mad because i didn't look up tutorials or anything i had no idea how the dodge system worked i was getting so frustrated i was gonna throw my controller through my tv that's when i was i think messaging you guys in the chat and i literally got so mad i was like on my 200th attempt and i put my phone up to record my screen to show you guys and then of course i did that and i find i beat the boss when i did that but so i was like oh well, this isn't yeah helpful but yeah I, I didn't figure that out until that boss fight like the end i was like what the fuck is this dodge system i don't know how you got through the game without doing it because yeah. if you get like hit like twice or, or maybe even three times mm-hmm. you're pretty low on health it's it's kind of a tough game and i'm playing on normal i don't know what you're playing on Dan. same and uh yeah if you are if you're not, not learning to dodge pretty early on it's kind of a brutal experience to get through just you wait. um more to come when you get to that last act i i saw a video of someone like heavily exploiting the uh combat and they were like because you can use a glove, you have a glove row. Or you can, it's like a telekinesis thing. You can grab them and then throw them. You might have seen that in trailers. And so there was this dude who like 
just forced an enemy behind, like up to a wall and was just like spamming the telekinesis and then hit then shoot then telekinesis and this rinse repeating which is cool you know like that's that's fine if you want to play like that but like i don't know i, I can't obviously i have to compare the game to dead space where like the thesis of that game is like com combat to me is like distance get yourself far away from enemies make yourself so that you don't have anyone behind you and then cut off their limbs use the guns to like you what what is the word i'm looking for kind of chip away at enemies like kind of damage there um whereas this game i think the thesis is like get up in their face as soon as possible and just it's a, it turns into kind of a melee fighting game which again for me in a survival horror game doesn't really work for me it starts these enemies start to become not scary because i i know how to engage with them and, and in a horror game like that i'm not afraid of anymore is it kind of ends with what the game wants to be for me i don't know how dan felt which christian like the the whole end like the last act or so minus the boss battles i enjoyed way more than the rest of the game because i had all the weapons unlocked and literally i was just playing it like essentially like dead space where i was almost only using the weapons like i used melee when i had to but um obviously the boss fights some of the situations you had to but sure um yeah i i enjoyed the game a lot more when it came down to just use these weapons because some of the weapons are really cool and have some unique elements to them although i do think there is that missing like you know it weapon like the plasma cutter from sure. dead space so i i have a minor gripe too with the weapon system the only thing is i wished because they separate the guns into primary and secondary i wish there was a way to like better because there's like that diegetic menu right because everything is like in game it doesn't pause um if i want to switch weapons like they're all on the same like kind of list so far from the weapons that i have it's kind of hard for me to tell which gun i'm choosing or which version yes. of that gun I, i'm switching to i wish they had like on my left is my primaries and on my right is the secondaries and i can switch to them that way but whatever <laughs> I ran into the same issue because I'm like, I'm switching to the, the um, normal pistol and then I'm like, oh, this is a shotgun. What the heck? Uh, yeah, they kind of look the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's push a little bit of our criticisms further, uh, not just combat. I want to know your thoughts on game design. I think we might have a little bit different thoughts here. To me, I, I felt like after a while, once I kind of figured out the combat, I felt kind of more confident in the game. To which uh, then made me like kind of more self-aware of the environment that I was moving in. And this is when I realized that the game is like very different from exploring the Ishimura in Dead Space, where you're having to go through locations sometimes you've been to before, you know, go do an objective and then and then circle back. Um, to me, this game felt like so far, I'm not done yet, but I'm six, what, six chapters in. Feels pretty linear. Like I'm mostly holding holding forward. Every now and then there's a side room I can explore. Um, but man, there's a lot of events and shimmies that I'm going through just in like direct <laughs> hallways. Uh, how'd you feel? Yeah. Uh, in terms of that, like the bit, my biggest issue was like not knowing necessarily, like sometimes like there's, I, I noticed you posted this on Twitter where sometimes there was like literal arrows pointing where to go. But then sometimes I was like, I don't know where the, like, I don't know what the 
objective path is because I like going to the other path first to yes. like search. Absolutely. So like you're saying like sometimes you would go to that, you know, objective path and it would be like a crawly hole. So then you're like, okay, maybe this is the objective. So you back out, you go to the other area and it has like another crawly hole or something else that you're like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe that's the objective. I don't want to waste my time going in somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of that. Dude. I'm sorry. I have I have to have I have another critique here. I think the checkpoint system is is pretty bad, uh, and I say this because oh, in its yes. game, the game's linearity is insane. Yeah. Um, if you go to the optional path, not always, but sometimes, there was two cases where I was exploring the optional path, and I died, yep. and it took me all the way to where I first encountered the split, and it's like, wow, I have to go through all that again. I'm just. I don't know if this is worth it. I'm just going to go main path this time. Well, also, if you hit the store, it doesn't checkpoint you after you hit the store. So if you die, you got to do that stuff all over again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how true this is, but I believe it. Like, apparently, people are saying that all the manual save does is just takes your latest autosave and just resaves that. Rewrites it. Yeah, it does. Which yeah. is like, what's the point of that? Like, like you're saying, like when you buy a bunch of stuff at the store, because I there was one segment, you may not have gotten to it yet because it's later in the game. I went to the store, bought a bunch of sh stuff. Like, I took my time figuring out what I want to upgrade, went out to this hallway and died started me all over again i was like what the hell like yeah that that is very frustrating yeah. but and, and these are these are the these are the kinds of critiques that, that i think like little stuff like the checkpoint system is is stuff that they can definitely improve in a sequel like yeah. that is that is handleable uh last kind of critique that i have is so far i haven't really been pulled into the story even from kind of a little bit from the get-go it kind of takes a lot to sink in i just wasn't that enamored with it and I haven't found it to be as alluring as I did find in Dead Space. Like I, I, I'm a little bit blasé about what's going on. Like I, I'm, it's, I still don't really have answers, and maybe I, I won't know until the end. But at least the performances, I, I am really enjoying. Josh Duhamel is great. Um, there are two other characters. One I forget. I'm forgetting the the actress's name, but she's in The Boys. Maybe Dan has the name. Uh, I don't remember her name. But... She's great. And there's another character you you kind of. Toxie in the beginning, who is also, uh, I thought, was fantastic as well. Her name in the game is Danny, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Positives for you, Dan. Yeah, uh, my positives are probably the the graphics. Like, the overall look of this game is very oh good. God. Like, and we were Insane. talking about it a little bit. Yeah, it's very realistic looking and uh, feels very fleshed out. It's not like... You know, the original Dead Space of its time looked very good, but if you go back to that game now, it doesn't quite hold up as well. But, like, this game, beautiful. Like, the lighting, the sound design. The lighting yeah. is awesome. Very good. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that kind of stuff in this game. Uh, I think the main characters are great. Uh, like you said, a very standout point. Um, I also like... I like how there's a little bit of interweaving with their stories as well. Uh, and mm. I also like how, uh, well, as you go on, you learn more about that. And I really like that. Um, and, um, in terms of the overall story, I, I liked it as well. Um, I don't think it's, you know, the last of us storytelling or anything like that, but, uh, by the end of it, I, I really actually, I enjoyed the story. So okay. I thought it was, it was good. 
Uh, my biggest positive is is the engine that uh, Striking Distance is working on. Like the way they utilize it is fantastic. I want to echo that. Yeah, the the visuals are 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 great. But for me, I think the sound design is where this game really shines. Um, I almost don't mind how many um, <laughs> elevator elevator doors or or shimmies. And I mean, I do mind, but like when I really think about it, it's it's the sound design specifically that is that is heightening the tension and that is really like the star of the show for me. Uh, I, I messaged Dan this last night in like a private one of the voice messages I, I usually send him. And it was, man, I could listen to these doors like forever. There, There's one sets of doors that you have to go in and you kind of go through like depressurizing, I think. Where you can see like a red bar like filling up and then it goes green. And those doors, I love the sound design of them. And it's just like air hissing and like the booting above the door or even just like the metal when you go through the other ones where you get close you see it's unlocked and you just hear the door like unlock and the metal move up and it just sounds really great i don't i don't know how they did that it's it's really cool stuff yeah absolutely agree absolutely agree i just thought of one more criticism but i don't know if i should go back to criticism. i, I mean just say whatever just say it say it i'm not too crazy about the enemies in this game either like i i don't like that they're no. like super quick and like it feels very different than yes. Dead space uh bro bro i have to explain to you something <laughs> just because i don't know you're here and <laughs> dan is what i'm talking about uh you move really slow in this game also here one more criticism let's add a quick turn um yes. i need that in this game uh anyway uh the game moves slow which is fine it's a survival horror very uh claustrophobic prison game i understand that i actually have no issues with that at all um my issue is is dan is right some of these enemies are way too fast for me to be moving the camera or kind of moving toward like like there's like these small little like bug things that you have to like squish uh there are like these enemies that just like if you don't see them out in front of the hallway, which is fair because it's a very dark game, they'll just shoot at you and cling on to you, and you have to like stab them repeatedly, or else you lose half your health. And it's like, man, that was way too fast for me to react to. Like, I, I, I haven't. Like, I think I killed. I killed one before oh, it, it like oh. attacked me, just because I got lucky and I saw. Oh no, no, because I died uh, in a an encounter. And I knew where it was. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you, Dan. Well, yeah. And they like entice you because they're like, there's there'll be like three or four of them crawling around. It's like, I don't want to waste my ammo on them because the ammo is scarce as it is. So you go up to try to melee them. And of course, the second you get within six inches of them, they jump on you. And it's like, really? Go on. Okay, here's another thing I just thought of. <laughs> when you're switching to melee in an encounter, I don't know why he's, he's acting like there's nobody there with you. He's like taking forever to grab it out of his back and then and then get it like as if he's just like super calm. Yeah, pretty much. It's a little bit exaggerated, but it takes a few seconds to bust out the melee. And it's like, well, this should be faster. I'm like in in combat. Same thing with switching to weapons, but whatever. Overall thoughts is um, I think it's an OK game for me. Uh, a lot of negatives, but not so many that they can't address it in, in a future installment, which I'm sure they will. What, will do. What, what's your number? I'm sitting at a, like a, my high end is 6.5. My low end is six. Yeah. Like just okay for me. Just okay. Uh, I want to bring Ro into this conversation though, because I have to, I respect this man. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, but legit, legit. Uh, but Ro also uh, played a game this year that is hands down one of my favorite survival horror games ever now. Uh, and that is Signalis. 
Ro has some experience with with survival horror now, and I think Ro might be able to even talk about like what he thinks makes good survival horror. With your experience so far with Signos, at least, like for you, like what makes good survival horror? Um, I think it's the the tension. Like you guys were kind of talking about it with uh with how it doesn't feel tense in this game with some of the 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 enemies and just being able to understand how they attack you. It's like, okay, I understand how this game works now. Nothing is going to get me unless it's unfair. Like you were saying with some of those, those guys that just jump out of you and just the game kind of fighting against you in certain aspects. But uh, it's attention and not knowing what's around the next corner, I mm-hmm. think is the most important part for the survival horror stuff. Again, Signalis is kind of my only, <laughs> my only uh, point of reference. I played a little bit of Resident Evil uh, four, I played a lot of Resident Evil Seven, and Little Nightmares is another one that I I have. But Signals is the only oh, horror game that I Signals is the only one that I've beaten. Like that's the only horror game that I've actually seen credits roll on. So that's the one that I have most most time with. But yeah, for me, it, it's it must be tension and the way that you're talking about Callisto Protocol. It sounds like it's a more of an action game, which which is something that I would be interested in. Which automatically tells me that it's not a good horror game because I would want to play it because horror games are supposed to be scary and I'm scared of horror games. So, yeah, I, I think tension is the biggest one. I don't know what you guys, how you guys feel about it. No, this is this is good you brought up tension because I think for me, when I think about Signalis, like that, that I mean, combat in that game is is pretty tough and like you're obviously like limited with your resources. But I think the tension for me in combat in Signalis is... Um, if you fail in that, like if you are failing in signals, it's it's an understanding of knowing your ineffectiveness of using your resources. For me, in a lot of the early encounters of Callisto Protocol, I felt like it was a lack of tension because the the thesis was different in combat, where it's like this game felt like I didn't learn, I didn't understand what it wanted me to do in its in its combat at, at dodging mechanics well enough. But it feels like I'm I'm dying in more cheap ways rather than than an error on my own part, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that to me is the heart of why Close Protocol isn't a total like success at being a Dead Space spiritual successor, survival horror successor. Here's the crazy part: like if they, if there was just a normal melee in that game, just like a punch or something stupid, this game would be would be way better. I feel like <laughs> like it would sure. Uh, like the the dodging stuff and melee definitely take away from this game. I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, even if you got rid of the dodging altogether and made the game revolve around uh, its shooting mechanics, it would have been an entirely different game. Yeah, I think our conversation would be entirely different. Yeah. If you get Dan, rid of, yeah, sorry, go go for it, Dan. Sorry, no, no rope, please. I was going to ask if if you got. Did you say if you get rid of the melee, it would make a completely different game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And wouldn't, but wouldn't that also, I feel that might get rid of the, I mean, there's already so little of it apparently, but the, the tension as well, just knowing like, this is my only option. I can only use guns. So there's got to be a, enough, hopefully enough uh, ammo. So I feel like another thing is like, uh, is the options that you have. Like when you run out of guns, you know, like, okay, I can mm. use my taser. Yes. It's like, oh, you... I could use my, 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 my knife now. And oh, I ran out of my knife. Now I'm really fucked. I got to run out of here. Yeah. But when you have only one option, it's like, okay, I know I'm good. The thing about Callisto is the the combat revolves around them. It's melee first. 
Okay. Like you are using the melee for around like 90 minutes to two hours before you even get yeah. close to a gun, before mm-hmm. you even find a gun. Like the, that's the root of this game is like entire combat is up close, melee, use guns afterwards to chip away damage and then go back to melee encounters. And if, if I understand you correctly, Ro, I, I think I, I, I'm taking what you're saying, but like I'm thinking that that would make things more tense because like, yes. if, if they manage ammo properly, uh, you're sitting there like, oh, sh- I, only, I only have three bullets left and there's like three enemies coming at me. What am I going to do here? Like it puts yeah. you more of in a, in a bind, whereas like right now with Callisto, you're like, oh, I got my melee still. I'm good. I don't need to worry about anything. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Think think about The Last of Us. Like, is that game survival horror? Probably not. But I think there's enough influences there, that, especially in the combat. That like, the combat you described is is The Last of Us's combat, where it's entirely resource dependent on what you have in mm-hmm. your arsenal when you encounter a room, and how effective you are with managing resources as these enemies are approaching. Is 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 that tension? Um, that it is just is not felt for me. I didn't never felt in Callisto at all. Because at the end of the day, even if I have low ammo, I can go back into combat, and which is where the game wants me to go anyway, and you know uh, exploit the dodge. Now that I don't know how to do it, and be be, be perfectly fine. And I'm sorry, I can mm-hmm. shop. What do you think makes a survival horror game? Dan, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, he's thinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's tricky, right? Because like Resident Evil, Resident Evil Seven, for instance, isn't the same as like Dead Space. Like, I feel like every every survival horror game, I feel like is different. Like, you have to take what the game is giving you. Like, Dead Space is very much slow, methodical, like shoot off their limbs, like Christian was saying. But like Resident Evil, you're very much in the situation where like you you have these weird encounters, like you know the the lady lady d for instance like she's just you know this overarching figure that follows you around this mansion that you're just constantly like paranoid where she's at or where she's going to end up or uh um even mr x from as an evil 2 remake you're like where is he gonna Mm. end up like i feel like it's just like i I don't know that i could define an yeah i just don't know that i could define a survival horror game to define them all if that makes sense uh, I feel like everyone has its kind of own DNA, which, you know, Callisto tried to do something like that, I feel like, uh, but I don't think it works as well um, with what they were going going with. I don't, like Christian said, it's more action than it is. Yeah. Here, here's, a, here's a good differentiator, differentiator between the two. Uh, in the first hour of Dead Space, when you're arriving in the Ishimura and you're kind of investigating what happened here, you're responding to this distress beacon, uh, you see uh, a dead body and writing on the wall in blood saying, cut off their limbs. Very ominous, very <laughs> tense. It is, what do you like? Oh, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, and that sets up like the basis of combat and enemies for the remainder of the game. Think about how ominous that line is. Cut off their limbs. What is this referring to even? You just arrived here. In Callisto Protocol, five hours after this in intense action uh, with only a pistol and your melee weapon uh, you get a second weapon which is just a variation of the first one I think it was um, it says shoot the tentacles <laughs> five hours 
it, I'm sorry, like, I understand this is a reference to Dead Space. I, I respect it as such. It's a nod. I, very cool. Uh, but in terms of tone, Truth the Tentacles is such a stark contrast to the ominous cut off their limbs. Yeah. Sounds kind of goofy. Shoot the tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> and the weirdest thing about this as we close out conversation is I don't know if I'm regretting my time with Close Protocol. Like, I'm I'm enjoying having conversations around it, even though like, because I don't think it's a bad game. No, like there's a lot of stuff that I I disappointed with, and like I wish they did differently. But I, I would never think of it as like a, a terrible game or a bad game or anything of the sort. And I, and I see a lot of the the bright spots within it, and I'm kind of excited to see what they would do with a sequel. Maybe Dan feels the same. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I actually, after our entire conversation here, I think I need to modify my score to seven because, like, I had more. Com- <laughs> the more we talked, the more complaints I had. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, like seven's not bad. I still enjoyed the game. Oh, it's a good game. A good game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, there. When there's more, you know, if I'm coming up with more criticisms than I am pros, then yeah, I probably need to yeah. address yeah. that. Yeah. There you have it. What's the protocol? If you haven't played it yet, I kind of ripped into it a little bit. Maybe you're going to wait for its sale, and I would respect that. Maybe maybe you're more interested now hearing that you can exploit the combat and make it into an action game. Maybe that's all for you, and you'll enjoy it. Who knows? Um, I closed the document. Hold on. Let me open that back up, because I got to close the show now. Where are we at here? here Folks. Here. Callisto Protocol. An okay from Christian. Me. I don't know why I said my name like that. And a good score from Daniel. Thank you. And and a zero from, from Ro. <laughs> hated it. Hated it so much. <laughs> no, the scale is one through ten. Oh, zero. Zero. <laughs> Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you, me. Gage, hello. Thank you, Daniel. And this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love. I'm sorry, I took Dan's thing. See you tomorrow for the Game Awards. And Dan. Much love and keep on gaming. Mm. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow.